this is the Avocado Gamescast, the only gaming podcast that hasn't yet featured Jeff Grubb. <laughs> we're going to have him on eventually. We'll pay him an exposure. It'll be great. Don't worry. Uh, anyway, we're recording this in January 2022, so we have a perfect opportunity to peer into our crystal balls and take a look at the year ahead. But before we get to that, let's introduce the fine folks who are joining me today. He's saving up his primos to pull on the Raiden Shogun's banner. It's Luter. Hi, I'm actually uh, saving up for Yaya Miko now. I already have Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't expect any less from you. Uh, <laughs> she just wants to give Craig a pat on the head. It's Lovely Bones. Hi, get, get, very happy to be back. Um, as a lesbian, I have a lot of practices, uh, a lot of practice with uh, people with mohawk. <laughs> Which I, I believe Craig does have in the finished game. Anyway, go ahead. That he does. Um, and finally, he modded Skyrim into Skyrim, so he can Fustro Dog with the Fustro does. It's the Kappa. Oh my god. I, I'm <laughs> I'm shocked this thing even keeps running, honestly. <laughs> What's like, going on anymore? It's it's like a collection of like hope at this point. It's the only reason it keeps going. It's like I believe it will run, so it does. You like cross yourself every time you yeah. you fire it up. I mean, the good news about Skyrim now, it's stable enough that, like, as long as, like, it launches, you're usually good to go. But, like, there's always that, like, two seconds where you're waiting for that little symbol to come up, you know, and you're like, oh, is this it's, the time? But It's like a yeah. similar feeling to when you put together a PC and you turn it on for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I tell every single one of my friends, I said, look, you're, it's probably not going to post the very first time because <laughs> you probably didn't seat the memory right. Don't freak out, you know. And then It's going to roll when out. this, the... Uh... It's going to roll when the Bethesda uh, cycle starts over over again when Starfield launches, and it takes 18 months to be functional. And I, <laughs> I cannot wait, wait for that. Starfield is <laughs> and I, high on my list of anticipation, wait, I'll tell you that. I, I, can't wait, I can't wait for that for a very different reason than you. <laughs> I'm, like, weirdly I, cautiously I just optimistic. Like, I, I just like the glitch videos. <laughs> I never, I've never, never liked a Bethesda game. <laughs> We'll talk about it more, but I think there's a reason to be yeah. cautiously optimistic, I would say. Yeah. I respect that. So how are there. you, how are you all doing like over the winter break and stuff? <laughs> oh, we got a bunch of snow. It's been weird. We don't normally get too much snow. We've gotten four or five inches, and the kids have had like three days off of school now, and I am ready for them to go back. <laughs> it's like, like they've just got back from winter break, it feels like, and then we had a holiday here or there and it just always seems like there's something you know so i'm 100 percent ready for them to go back that's for sure yeah it's been super duper cold here it's been like mm-hmm. minus yep. uh 25 before Ooh. winter this is celsius by the way yikes yeah so minus 25 <laughs> right, celsius yeah. or so um pretty cold <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah. with wind chill factor, it's been like minus 37, minus 38. So you can't Good even like, Lord. go outside. <laughs> um, no, thank you. Yeah, it's not been great. Usually it's not this cold. Usually highs are around minus four, minus five this time of year. Uh, but now it's just brutal. Yeesh. I'm getting used to the cold myself. Uh, we moved from Arizona to Massachusetts. So. Uh, <laughs> uh... We got to see snow falling, and and I'm wearing layers now. It's it's a whole deal. <laughs> oh, I I know that feeling. I know that feeling very well. Moving from uh from Texas to to Missouri and then New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of like ping ponging back and forth. 
It sure is. Um, uh, New Mexico is actually fine right now. I, I'd say it's been hovering in the 40s and 50s Fahrenheit. We've had less snow than usual. Okay. I'm not trying to, to brag, just like... <laughs> been lucky. Yeah. So, Lutero, have you like, discovered your in- inner like pumpkin spice drinker? <laughs> <laughs> um, kind Join of. Us. I've uh, been... Massachusetts is Dunkin' territory. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been, I've been enjoying the Dunks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was so up in New England. That makes Massachusetts kind of like Quebec, right? <laughs> <laughs> Quebec's for, for Duncan, Rain Supreme. Yeah, New oh. England is very pro Duncan. Once you get outside of that, that's when you start getting a Starbucks country. But yeah, you will get, I don't know, a lot of, there's been a lot of up and down with Duncan, though, from what I've been hearing. Yeah, from, from what I understand it, it's not as good as it used to be. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's actually pretty tasty, so I, I still grab a breakfast sandwich and, do, like, do, co- do coffee places change the recipe? This is an earnest question. No, I mean, like, Dunkin's a lot sweeter than <laughs> than Starbucks. Like, like almost, like, ridiculously sweet, I think. I'm not a big coffee fan, but... Um, it kind of depends, though. Like, Tim Hortons has gone through so many cycles of being good and bad and good again. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, when I was in in undergrad i used to live near 24-hour tim hortons and you could get cheap meals there and it was great and then i I moved away from canada for a while and tim hortons got awful in my absence so it's kind of my fault i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah my buddy we went to go visit him in canada and he talked about it so much and then he's like well actually i haven't been there in that long we went and it was awful he felt so bad he like spent I don't know, 20 minutes apologizing for overriding it. Tim Horton should apologize for sucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess he was saying they got bought by uh, Burger King. Yeah, so actually, here's the funny thing. It's technically the other way around. Burger, <laughs> Tim Horton's the company that the holding company that owned Tim Horton's. Uh, like they effectively merged, but now the headquarters of that whole company are in Canada. So huh. technically Burger King is Canadian now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, well, you can taste the, it. <laughs> the 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 NX Square of of fast food uh, of quick service. Yeah, pretty much. So we should see some more combination BK Tims in the future. Yeah. Um, but until that point, let's talk about what we played over the holidays. Um, Luter, what have you? What did you play? Um, so I started a game. Uh, it's like. Apparently really been around a long time, but I think it's still technically early access. It's called Project Zomboid. Oh, baby. Yeah. Technically early access. That game's been out for like 15 years, technically. I, yeah, <laughs> I think it's, I the, think it's the, still not a full release. Yeah, I don't know. The mixed, the mixed responses in this group are fascinating. <laughs> I'm fully on the Merv side of like, what the hell is he talking about? I didn't. Well, I'm I intrigued. I'm opening but... up Steam right now to check out what this is. I'll let. I'll let. Well, okay. let Eric understands yeah. it, but this game has been out. Like, I think it came out in like maybe 2011, and it's morphed into this whole yeah. different thing. Oh now. man, decade-long yeah. early so, access. Yeah. <laughs> For those who haven't heard of it, uh, Project Zomboid is like a what do you call it? isometric. Um, mm-hmm. 
zombie like apocalypse simulator basically okay no no uh, i gotta interrupt you for a second because literally i opened steam and went to the front page the first thing under feature and recommended was project zomboid just by coincidence <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry right up your alley <laughs> it's like it's listening to us okay Luther, continue please sorry yeah so uh so basically you're you, you're thrust into you know you're in your house or whatever and there's there's zombies outside pretty quickly um, and you have to you you start with a certain amount of skills and stuff and and you build up over time and you try and survive as long as you can. I think it's one of those games because I've been playing with a few friends, so we've only been playing like uh, once a week basically. Um, but basically, uh, like I think it's one of those games where you will eventually just die and lose that character, and then you you can create a new character in the same world and like go to your base so you have a bunch of the supplies that you've already gathered. Um, but yeah, it's actually been really fun. We we were looking for something that like five people can play together. Um, yeah, sometimes but, we get those odd numbers. It's really tough. Yeah, yeah. We did we we before that we're doing a modded version of Stardew Valley. Um, but I think we kind of played the crap out of Stardew. Uh, so I think we got a little burned out from that and wanted something new. And uh, this looks fun. I think we saw uh, Boxbox uh, streaming it. And we were like, hey, maybe we should try this. And then it's solid, a fun it game. It really is. Old, it's... But also not done. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, there's a reason it's been in early access. They've kind of gone back to the drawing board. I don't even, I've lost how many times. I bought this game, like, on release. That's how long I've had it. <laughs> but um, it's it's really fun at times. Like, it's one of those games where, like, the randomness feels cool and not, like, punishing sometimes and like you'll lose a character to some you know bullshit you're like yeah whatever it's usually not that painful to start out um it's kind of like in that line of like um i would almost call it like a really 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 good uh like flash game that kind of developed into something yeah more. yeah um, it definitely has that feel uh, hmm. but it's 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 enjoyable uh i think it kind of like like I feel like State of Decay is like the super polished version of it. If that if that's like if you're looking for something that maybe is a little more mainstream, but um, Zomboid has like such a little like fandom. Um, it's weird because like I'll like you know how you get those updates on Steam. It's like new thing out, all right? And I like I've been getting that for ten years, but it just seems in the last like six months, like other people have started flipping it on and playing it. It's I think it's still in early access. I don't think it even came out, but yeah, um, still it's, there. Uh, it's such a like a weird little phenomenon of like just this i think they've even basically said like this game's never going to be done it's not like a game as a service type game it's just they always are putting in like something new so because mm -hmm. a lot of people are like well you know when do i jump in they're like just jump in now i mean the game you play now might not be the same game you play in six months but you know no reason not to yeah yeah it's been in early access since november 8th 2013 yeah so <laughs> yeah. it's been a while and, a, little, uh, a little bit of time. Yeah, we were really enjoying the the multiplayer aspect of that. I know you can do um, like uh, what, what do you call it, where you can hear each other based on where your character. Oh yeah, proximity is. chat. Proximity chat. But yeah. we were we were just you know kind of cheating out of that. Um, and but but yeah, like setting up roles and and yelling at Sarah every time <laughs> that she messes something. <laughs> Gosh, Sarah. <laughs> it, it's a fun game i really I like there's almost no reason not to try it because i think it's still like I, I think it's regularly on sale for like below five dollars 
if you pay attention, if you put it on the wish list. But um, yeah, I really like Zomboid. I, I, it's it's just one of those things like like they get a whole new life almost as a game, and it's it's cool that they stuck with the development for that long, and now it's kind of like hitting a little bit of that. Like people are like, what the hell is this game? This looks awesome, and it's it's just been a labor of love for the most part for them for so long. Yeah, it's been been there for a while it looks like they have a huge write-up under their early access game box that details everything they still have left to do for version 1.0 who knows when they'll reach that milestone it's it's like a a dwarf fortress type development you know what i mean like every time you think they're they're done with it and they're like feature complete nope it's like a whole new like set of stuff that they're going to roll out but it's not in a bad way it's just like they I guess it's like a very artistic thing. Like they just keep getting more good ideas and they have to keep putting them in the game. So I'm not going to complain about that. Absolutely. It's kind of interesting coming in so late too, because I'll I'll look up like how to do something and I'll find yeah. like a, a WikiHow <laughs> article from like seven years ago. <laughs> like what? Like, none of that is currently even in the game now. <laughs> it you know like uh, other like long running games like WoW, uh, World of Warcraft sometimes get stuff like that too. Like you'll go to look something up and it's like. You know, they'll be like the the most recent post, like never mind all of this. None of this is in the game anymore. Now you just go here and click this thing or whatever. But uh, yeah, I could see that definitely being like that for Zomboid. All right, uh, Bones, what do you what did you play over the holidays? So many things. I've been I, I I've been working on this 2021 games in review article uh, for a while, right? And I'm literally just like crunching out as many indie games on game pass as i can <laughs> just to just have like as, a conveyor have belt of indies yeah yeah just a conveyor belt of 2021 indies to uh to to make this as substantial as possible <laughs> um i'll go with warioware that seems novel for this <laughs> crowd uh for this crowd yeah i got i got warioware get it together for the nintendo switch uh for christmas for my parents and uh and i played it at least once a day for most days since then so that's about a month <laughs> yeah i've um, heard that it's uh that it's been that they've incorporated kind of this like co-op setup now that... yeah there's th- this this one was probably like the biggest change to the series in a very long time like since touch controls were first implemented <laughs> um it's it's really real radical so the so the basis of WarioWare is that you have what are called micro games. It's like a mini game, but smaller. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, because so the the idea is that there's a a simple command on screen, a sing, usually one or two words, um, and and a very tight timer in which to complete the command. It's about like reflexes and reading, you know, re- reading and reacting as quickly as possible, um, and. Yeah, now you you have this thing where instead of directly interfacing with the micro games as you did with the GBA and the DS and so on and so forth, now you have actual on-screen avatars from the WarioWare Ensemble cast in full GB 3D models. They're interacting with the micro games directly because quite literally the characters have been sucked into their own game. Um <laughs> That seems this, odd, but interesting. <laughs> it is it it is it is extremely odd and extremely interesting. I find I find WarioWare ever since I got the uh the the 3DS one was like a compilation title, 
And ever since I got the demo of the 3DS one, I have been like addicted to WarioWare because I can just like go through a cycle of, of micro games for as long as possible until I get eliminated. It's just it's just very satisfying and, and creative and varied in, in how many different kinds of games and different different things you'll be doing just seconds apart. Um I've the, heard uh, also like part of it, especially when you play for the first time, is kind of figuring out what each yeah. game does. Yeah, there's a there's a barrier of entry that is just discerning what yeah what what's going on in the game. <laughs> um, I like that that's not that that's not a universal thing. Sometimes they're very very straightforward and 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 simple. Um, I would say this game has a slightly overall higher barrier of entry on discerning what's going on with the game than the past games, specifically because of how they've redesigned them to to have them be directly interacted with and manipulated with by the, the character avatars. Um, and the, 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 the way the different characters play is, is really fun. Cause some, sometimes you have a character who has a full range of movement where they they can walk uh, across the ground and fly. And that's actually important. That distinction is very important. Um, but then you also have characters who are grounded who are, or are only flyers. Um, you have a character who can't control their movement. They're literally just going back and forth. <laughs> and you just have to pin, pinpoint uh, what you're doing without controlling exactly where you are at a given moment. So there's a lot of time in there. There's a, there's a, there's a character who, who can't move at all. <laughs> so he just throws uh, discs at everything. <laughs> it's like Tron, but in yeah. Mario. Yeah, I, I always I always like the zaniness of WarioWare a little bit yeah. more than the the kind of like Mario Party. I mean, Mario Party's you know plenty crazy. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I just like you know I, I remember like the first WarioWare. I, I think might have been 3DS, where like it would just like say one word, like the yep. little micro game would begin and it would say like mm-hmm. shave, and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like the clock's ticking, shave. Come on, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. yeah um, that's- that's definitely a lot of the fun of it. It's a it's a very strong tone and yeah. creative uh, vision. You have game games ranging from like this the, this kid's licking his his uh, ice cream cone really aggressively, and the ice cream <laughs> is just stacked really high, and it's leaning over and falling over. So you have to to carefully lean against the ice cream to keep it from falling over, but you can't push too hard, or it'll fall <laughs> over the other way. And you have to go around. Um, there's one where. There's two rockets on uh, 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 in front of you, and you have to make sure and pick the right rocket because the other one like won't take off. <laughs> See, I love stuff like that. It just gets yeah. so weird. Like yeah. it, it does. Like I think maybe like Merv was kind of hinting. It does kind of sometimes get to a point with it where it's like, okay, well, um, like at a... this point, I've kind of done it so much, I don't mm-hmm. really like. I, I've almost me- memorized exactly when it happens. Almost. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, it's a it's a demanding game because it's reflex heavy, and then yeah, also you get to a certain point where it's very familiarized, so it's gonna have yeah probably diminishing returns for someone who isn't as hooked on it as I. Is the <laughs> on, okay. on the newest one is the soundtrack still banging? Because yeah, absolutely. The, sound, the soundtrack <laughs> That's the most is so, important part. The soundtrack's so banging. I was pardon me. I was literally just listening to the new lyrical theme song that they that they did for this one because there's always one like introduced per gen of wario where you might have heard ashley's uh song on smash brothers yeah this one is called this one is called penny's song it's about a 
a young scientist uh, singing about her her intrepid adventures as a scientist. Um, and it's part of the end game. And it's really, it's just really charming. I remember like Mona Pizza was from one of them. I think yes oh, <laughs> i i can't emphasize enough how large how so much larger than you think the warrior wear like character ensemble <laughs> considerably larger than i realized before i started actually playing the games uh firsthand and i'm me <laughs> i think the thing i remember more than anything about warrior wear is like lying awake at night just like hearing the music in my head <laughs> yeah i completely get that it's it's very memorable music. Mm-hmm. All right. Capo, what have you been playing? Well, I mean, I originally, well, I'm definitely playing Skyrim. I wasn't going to talk about Skyrim, but I, it's boring Skyrim. So we've talked about it a million times. Instead, I want to talk about Battle for Middle Earth 2, all 11 discs of it that I installed the other day. And man, I had a real good blast from the past with that game. Um, Wait, that game came from 11 CD ROMs? Yeah. Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> Uh, and like I had to actually like go buy a um a what you call it a little like uh like an external CD <laughs> thing to install all of them because my computer didn't have one built in so I went down to Best Buy and spent like twenty bucks got some cheapo one uh, that's you know USB um it's it's such a fun weird RTS that I think that one of the reasons it's never really kind of successfully taken off is because um they try to do so much stuff with um with with the resource part of it uh you need gigantic gobs of areas to get the passive resource going and your resource areas can't overlap so it's not like you can just build you know the equivalent of like a gold mine in a farm right and then just wall around it and and stand it. the game really pushes you to be very aggressive and expansive, um, which is fun sometimes uh, as an RTS, but it really gets me out of my comfort zone um, in a lot of ways. That's kind of where I usually like to be is, okay, well, I, I'll secure my supply line and then, uh, you know, and then I'll slowly branch out and I'll defend and I'll tech. And, but um, Battle for Middle, Middle Earth 2 especially really pushes you to get out there and go fight. Um, like even your initial starting pack of units actually has to go out there and do stuff whether it's capture area or kill people or you know just kind of make a push um and it's been a while since i felt out of like an rts comfort zone probably last time was halo 2 or halo wars 2 um but it's a really 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 underrated rts that like i think the availability of the fact you can't play it pretty much um (laughs) kind of is never going to let it take back off and have a second life it should have but really the reason i was playing is because we were talking about uh you know the new dune and there's just kind of this new feeling of like okay maybe some of this old stuff is coming back around um plus it was the big anniversary for lord of the rings and i was it's probably my favorite lord of the rings game period um which isn't saying a lot because some have been real stinkers but um yeah i've i've really been enjoying it i i don't know like like i don't think there's a way people can legally play it (laughs) which sucks (laughs) Um, but if you can find it anywhere, it's so it's such a weird experience as far as um, as far as uh, RTSs go. The you know how normally like art like an RTS will kind of do a balance balance the the sides by basically making everything a little bit the same, but only a little bit different. This game yeah. does not even try to do that. It's like nope, oh. the orcs, the humans, the goblins, totally different, right? Um, 
the dwarves totally different the elves totally different so you've got all these totally different factions that they don't even really give a a, a, a idea about balancing in some ways um which is cool i think <laughs> yeah but, you, you otherwise it, it just feels like every faction is the same and that you're not really getting getting anything out of experimenting with them yeah and it does a good job of making it feel like not only are these guys different, they have different goals and end games and stuff like that. And it's got to create a hero. So, I mean, this was right in that wheelhouse of let's put heroes in everything type timeline, right? So normally you get, you know, your, your, these are the NPC heroes and you can play versions of them in the, you know, the co-op and the campaign and everything else. But this is your set of heroes. This one lets you build and customize a hero, like down to like their color palette, their power set. Um, it's really interesting. You can make an overpowered hero, but they cost a ton of um, uh, materials to get out the gate versus if you make them real easy with a real simple power set, they're super cheap and you can get them out faster. And, you know, so you're really designing, you know, what is my, my, is my hero an end game? You can't stop me type hero is my hero a early game. I'm going to rush you and, you know, you're just going to be stuck. It, that's, that's, kind of some of the interesting choices you can make but not many rts are letting you make a hero much less kind of break the game you know right. one way or another around it um I, I don't like i feel like i'm i know a lot about lord of the rings but i'm not like a super deep lore guy for lord of the rings i just don't know what i don't know kind of with it right um and i feel like a lot of people a lot of the complaints are like this plays fast and loose with a lot of the lore and it's not canon and this and that and i'm fine with that for the most part honestly like i don't know i like i don't think everything needs to be exactly you know 100% based on on it so um it plays a lot fast and loose with a lot of the stuff but uh i like i like seeing the dwarves go help the elves or the you know the humans end up in a fight with the goblins and things like that uh i just think it's a cool way to kind of tell the story even if it's not super accurate to the history of lord of the rings so i'd say check it out if you can it's kind of hard to recommend it because who knows if you can even buy it <laughs> right it's one of those games in like like legal hell because you know the the lord of the rings license it was made by ea who definitely don't have the license anymore but um you know yeah. i think if my understanding is on a website <laughs> like the token company which is effectively uh, jr tokens estate licenses mm -hmm. out the rights um, somewhat piecemeal and most of them have been licensed out to WB right now. That's mm -hmm. my understanding, but I might be mistaken on this, so yeah. <laughs> someone look that up for me, please. <laughs> sounds right. Sounds right to me. No, it um, sounds it sounds right to me too that yeah, WB has the film rights and, and they decide to just stick to the one licensing partner for the most part outside of the Amazon show. <clears throat> right. Um so just to mention what I've been playing, uh so I started Halo Infinite last night, but I'm not going to yeah. talk about that because everyone Yay. has talked about it. Um, sure. I'm not going to talk about... Uh, I have played... I uh, started this week, I started Breath of the Wild, uh, but I'm not going to talk about that because everyone's heard of Breath of the Wild. I finished Tales of Arise and Chicory over the holidays, but I'm not going to talk about those because everyone's talked about those to death. Instead, I'm going to talk about a 2D platformer from a decade ago called <laughs> Typewriter. <laughs> so this is uh, kind of like a physics-based 2d platformer um where you play as a colon in a world mm. of typography um so platforms are things like printing presses and posters and letters um and various other things related to the history of printing 
So it's got this really neat art design as each level kind of follows a different era of printing from like writing on cuneiform tablet, writing cuneiform on tablets all the way to printing electronically on computers. And like I said, you play as a colon. Movement is kind of normal when you're lying flat on your side when both dots of the colon are lying on the ground. Uh, but when you can kind of get upright by moving around the world and then you kind of roll back and forth and that's where I say the physics-based part comes in. Mm. We're kind of rolling back and forth on a, on one of the dots. Um, so is this kind of like that... Oh, what is that game that where you have to climb the mountain where you're the guy in the pot? No, it's not uh, like uh, getting over with Bennett Fonda. Okay. It's a more traditional type of 2D platformer with a little bit of that physics-y um, okay. sensation mixed in so it's it's really more like a traditional platformer just with that typography gotcha. theming um, you've got collectibles which are what else the letters of the alphabet um, and then if you collect ampersands are kind of like your hidden collectibles and asterisks are your special collectibles that give you tidbits of typographical history so this is I guess also edutainment so mm. You know, give it to your kids. That. Yeah. Have them play it too. <laughs> <Go> kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in case your kids are really interested in Gutenberg <laughs> and Dito and all these other figures. Um, I was. <laughs> now you can be. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go go read into it. Like it goes on yeah. sale very frequently. I think I got this for forty nine cents. Ooh. Very nice. Yeah, no, it sounds really cool. I assume the final boss is a wicked game of Scrabble. <laughs> or like uh or like a hand to hand duel with a semicolon. <laughs> okay. I, I can I actually spoil what the final like Go level for is? It. Yeah. Okay. Um so you keep going through typographical history all the way through the era of computers, and then you arrive at the end and there's a secret level. So each level is themed after a font from like Gothic through Futura. Uh, through pixel as you get more and more modern and the last level is this like insane troll level based on comic sans and it's playing like and it's got like all the internet memes like the like the like the lol troll and like a rainbow unicorn and just burgers flying all over the place that fucking rules pardon pardon me i'm sorry i know we're supposed to be a little less profane these days that's fine that's aw- awesome it, it does fucking rule it's it's great like i it's also like terrible so you feel like the level of trolling you as you play it because in most uh most of the levels you have checkpoints and this one has no checkpoints you have to do it all in one go as you're being chased oh, by a giant man. cat with laser eyes so <laughs> That was by that was my experience uh, two nights is, ago. Me struggling this, with that. Is this Steam only? Is is it on a consoles? I know, uh, I know, I'm a weenie that doesn't play computer games. Uh, I I played it on Steam. Let me check if it's on anything else. Thank you. Um, it's on Steam, PS4, Vita, Android, iOS, and Switch. Vita. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. It came out of the early 10, so that makes sense. Uh, no, okay. If it's on PS4 and Switch, then those those are ideal platforms. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, it came out <laughs> on Switch so actually in 2019. Awesome. Uh, um, even though it originally came out, I mean, it was originally released for iOS and Android in 2013, mm-hmm. and then a few weeks later on Windows. So, 
It's okay. been around for a while. Um, awesome. So looking at it, uh, it almost looks like it's like a weird version of Limbo aesthetically. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of has <laughs> some of those mechanics. Huh. It's like friendly limbo, I guess. Because <laughs> you will die a lot, especially in the later levels um, where the platform sorry. gets difficult. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. sorry, Somerville. This is the true aesthetic evolution <laughs> of, the, of the play dead stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, nothing Nothing scarier than that last level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fact, uh, funnily enough, Eurogamer awarded this game uh, with a score of 8 out of 10 praising how it manages mm. to offer a combination of the style of Limbo and the challenges of the Trials series. What? <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird analogy. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Eurogamer. <laughs> uh, games Press. I'm allowed to make Games Press jokes. I'm kind of one of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Make fun of anything you want. Um, so that's what we've been playing. Let's kind of very briefly discuss... Um, the what will almost certainly be the biggest gaming story of the year unless yep i don't know um nintendo goes to the moon or something it could happen <laughs> we don't know it's yep i remember that um so uh let us discuss this acquisition mm-hmm. of microsoft mm-hmm. By, uh, I was going to say Microsoft by Activision. Other way around, Activision by Microsoft. <laughs> that would be some shit. That, <laughs> that would be that, weird, man. That would be fucking nuts. <laughs> it would be. Um, so, just to kind of set the stage, I'm going to talk mm. for a couple minutes. Uh, I'm going to kind of, I kind of try to style this, I shouldn't say style this, I think of this as from three perspectives. One mm. is what this means for games. Um, so, how this is going to affect Activision's franchises, what might get made or not get made as a result of this acquisition, um, what this means for the industry, like what this means in terms of consolidation, competition going forward, uh, what this means for the tech sector more broadly, and uh, finally, kind of the most important uh, for this is what this means for the workers who make these games. Uh, well, I was going to say what this means to me, but yeah. I guess the <laughs> what does it mean for me personally? <laughs> Listen, the game the game thread has you covered on <laughs> on what this uh, value has to value what, what value this has to you personally. Yeah, you can get that out there. I tr- I assure you. Yeah, so this means I mean this does mean a lot for like unionization efforts. What this is going to mean yep. for sta- uh, addressing long-standing issues with uh, discrimination and misconduct. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a it's very tempting to kind of look at this um, in terms of a reductive notion of this is really good or this is really bad. And I kind of wanted to get past that a bit and talk about what this means for all these different issues that are going to pop up over the, the course of the acquisition. Yeah. Um, so let's start with let's start with kind of the it's it seems a little reductive to call this the least important, but because this is a gaming discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what does this mean for games, especially um, the Call of Duty franchise, which has basically become Activision's only output? Yeah. Like everything they do. Even before Schreier said that that they were already discussing um, dropping the annualization of Call of Duty, I like that was where my mind first went as far as the, like Microsoft like having a software manager management approach. My my very first thought was like, okay, Call of Duty is gonna come out twice a gen, and all of 
all of the people that are supposed to work on Call of Duty and weren't just thrown into the Vanguard fires like Toys for Bob was. Um, all of the main Call of Duty guys will just work on one game for a period of years and then start from scratch. And Warzone gets to be its own thing because that's a free-to-play live service. Um, yeah, um, I but mean, that's yeah, that's that's my about, that's 100% my instinct on Call of Duty. Talking <laughs> about those three strains, I think this is probably the most positive one. I think if I had to say like my own sure. personal guesses, yeah, I really think that this gives like a lot of these studios who have just been grist for the Call of Duty cycle a chance right. to go back and do what they want to do. I mean, Ravensoft, High Noon, these mm-hmm. studios have been like they've made great games and they don't even get mm-hmm. a chance really to do anything else because they're busy, you know. I wonder how Vicarious Visions feels about the fact that they're, that they were fully absorbed into Blizzard before this happened. (laughs) It's so weird. I mean, boy, that timing in hindsight is, uh, is very regrettable. Um, no, I, I, okay. Yeah. I, I, I think it can probably be agreed upon that Microsoft is fairly relatively proven that in the game pass era, the Phil Spencer era that they, have a solid approach to software development that they don't rush projects. They don't, um, you know, force a focus on a specific kind of format or genre. They encourage variety and, and, you know, variety, not just in genre and mechanics, but also in scale. Like they encourage smaller projects with Activision Blizzard basically didn't outside of their mobile division. Um, like there's there's definitely positives in that sense. I'm happy for the people who who you know who are developers who are currently there who genuinely want to be able to stay there and be able to work happily. Um, I, yeah, what I about think... that one COD bro who was so excited for 35 <laughs> new COD games every year? <laughs> I mean, I don't even Did know it... if it's bad news for them because I mean I do know the COD bros and they're. <laughs> There is mad about the, not, not not about this, but about where COD's gone in the past couple of years as, uh, as anybody. Yeah, I Vanguard mean, Vanguard's not a a well liked game mm-hmm. for and the most the, part. <laughs> the past three or four have been ups and downs. Um, yeah. You know, they've they've done stuff like not had single player. Um, mm-hmm, they've yeah. separated out Warzone, the zombies experiences, and as good like it's been kind of a spiraling, you know franchise in a lot of ways because they haven't really had the the time to put the effort into it because it's got to come out every year now it's yeah. um, a monster that has just gotten too big like, yeah even uh Absolutely. what the the most well-received one call of duty 2019 uh from the past few years had massive problems in like the mm-hmm. the multiplayer co-op mode you called it, just... it one of the worst games you played <laughs> i mean that was because i mean i'm yeah, I'm one of the few people who really, really hated the single player campaign. Uh, right. But even outside of that, it had massive issues in the multiplayer yeah. that I don't think ever got ironed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they just moved on. <laughs> yeah, that's really yeah. become a problem. So hopefully they can get that yeah. under control now that yeah, my, there'll be a little bit less pressure. My one counterpoint to everything I was just saying about software is I don't think that's worth any of the trade-offs that I, I see as, you know, poten- likely or even just potential, you know, like, and 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 I, I made sure to talk about that, like how this can be good for developers who want to make games and to want to, to, to enjoy their work. Like, I, I want to emphasize that because that is, that's more important than, than the benefit to the gamers, TM. But yeah, I think there's, like, even on yeah. Twitter, there's been a lot of excitement for some of those studios oh, yeah. to be like, 
finally, like I can yeah, do the stuff no, I wanted. I, I no, wanted to do a lot of contacts I have in the the union, the 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 the, the burgeoning unions and the the better ABK social media. Yeah, um, yeah. There's there's a lot of enthusiasm there, and that's nice, and I am happy for them. I yeah. I do have a lot of concerns, and I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to approach this as a in a nuanced, complex fashion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. so let's actually talk about um what this means for the industry. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to contextualize that I think has been kind of like, and I'll admit my first knee-jerk reaction was, oh, wow, this is apocalyptic. Um, <laughs> this is yeah. Same. much smaller a merger than a lot of people think it is. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, it's not like Disney Fox. It's, yeah. even after it, this merger, Microsoft it, will still be the third biggest company in the gaming space. Right. It, two, I don't, I don't think... Two of the top ten public game companies becoming one should should be too diminished. Still, yeah, but you're right. Like you're it's... right that the 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 fact of the matter is that the games industry is very competitive. It's like when you get into the number of relatively major publishers, it, like in numbers of the dozens. Yeah, um, my. Like my worry out of this is not so much what happens immediately. My worry is does this yeah, touch it's, off it's like a chilling an acquisition effect. arms, arms race? race. Yeah. It's a chilling effect and an arms race, the long term effects. Absolutely. Yeah. I that's like absolutely my biggest concern. Sorry, can I can I, I like call out some dude right now? Um <laughs> like Keely Jeff Keeley goes and puts up this oh, tweet. Fucking Keeley. It looks like like it's a shopping list, right, of all yeah. these major publishers. And it's such a, a misleading thing to put up. I mean, A, market cap is not acquisition price. Right. Right. right? Yeah. That is just yeah. not how that works. Like, you do have to buy the stocks to buy the company, but that doesn't that's but that's a single facet of valuation yeah. revenue. Yeah. And that's way more important because a lot of people are saying, well, uh, Bobby Kotick made $390 million. No, he, they bought his stock. That's how these acquisitions work, you know? Like, sure. Yeah. And then yeah. like the, the other thing that's misleading about all this, uh, about doing mm -hmm. that is, uh, most of those companies aren't looking to get acquired. Right. It's like, it's true. It's yeah, true. Ubisoft Zenith does not want to get bought. Right, Take Two does not want to get bought many, right now. Many of these companies are actively, regularly fending off buyout offers. Um, yeah. As it is, it took a lot of extenuating circumstances to get to Zenimax being in such a financial state that they put themselves up for sale and were almost bought by EA and Sam Microsoft. I'm gonna keep mentioning that to people because it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Activision, the extenuating circumstances were the the cultural well had been so thoroughly poisoned that Phil Spencer literally said, hey, what, what yeah. if I just what if I just take this hassle off your hands and clean it up for you? Get rid of Bobby. That's that's the other part of it. Well, know, so. I, getting rid of Bobby is not nothing, but it's but it's only one guy. And, and the problems of Activision have been, you know, so effectively demonstrated, so extensive. Um like even even if he gets rid of every executive, like currently, you know, the board of directors that stood by Bobby, Fran Townsend, and the and the other yeah. guy who who used to be he in the Trump administration, murders them. <laughs> he just like sends a hit out on Brian Bulatow. Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. do that. Even, don't murder Brian Bulatow, please. I, I I would take a full executive sweep as a win over just firing Bobby. Um, yeah, but I but it wouldn't be enough. It, it you know there's there's real. A, 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 yeah, there's, cultural there's change old... that needs to happen. Absolutely, and I, 
Call me a cynic, but I don't trust that a businessman, even a businessman who's very good at putting on a friendly face, uh, will take that as seriously as he should and be as extensive about it as he should. One yeah. thing, um, Sorry, like talking about, uh, you know, the industry effects and stuff like that. One of the things I think is now, you know, Microsoft was the first one to maybe reach out when they, from what yes. I at least read, wasn't even for sale. Um, yeah, but I think about it's, a lot about who could have been the other people who bought this? Like, what if this was Facebook? What if this was Netflix? What if this was Google? I mean, um, sorry. Uh, the the reporting talked about the after Phil Spencer made the uh, initial outreach um, and Kotick was very resistant to it. Kotick, Kotick, anyway. Um, like Kotick literally from like after Spencer messaged him first, he tried to float the idea of, of if anyone wants to make a bid and no one took it, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, wow. which says so much on its own, but also, yeah, in terms of what company could have afforded to do this, like it's, it's, it's the other tech giants. It's your right. Google, your or Amazon, Tencent. your Apples or Tencent. Tencent's <laughs> yeah. habit has been to make like very small acquisitions, yeah, but Tencent's make a very, lot of them. Tencent's very, very precise. They ball, yeah. They but they buy small companies or they invest. Yeah, they, they won't even fully buy out something if it's big enough. Like yeah, uh, they buy control. Like don't nod. Yeah, yeah. yeah they like just that. get investments. Same yeah. with Embracer. I think recently yep. Embracer makes made some big acquisitions. They bought Dark Horse, which Gearbox. was weird. Oh yeah, Gearbox it, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, Embra like yeah, oh. Embracer's Embracer is one of the most aggressive ones. Um, for sure. Like how think about how aggressive Amazon's been with trying to get a game out the door and functioning, and this was, <laughs> you know what I mean? This was right there uh, for the taking. And... Uh, New World was not functional. Sorry, <laughs> not <laughs> not talked about that a lot on here. Yeah, I don't yes, know with moving over to Amazon from the like. I don't think that sells in the press. It's like, oh guys, we'll fix everything. We'll be Amazon. Oh, now. Yeah. oh of course not. Um, <laughs> no. Of course not. But 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 Kappa does raise a fair point, which is like, yeah, there's it's it's easy to it's easy to become irrationally afraid of like one of the tech giants just impulsively buying anything they can afford to, which is about everything. But yeah, Amazon and Google have been trying have been investing in this space for like a decade and haven't been that aggressive and, and and also mercifully have also failed miserably and that tends to scare them off <laughs> google has been google moving google away is from so this. yeah google is so blatantly downsizing their operation <laughs> yeah uh, and like, uh, let's uh kind of also talk about how this is uh, we alluded to this earlier how this is affecting mm -hmm. labor yes um, like uh, okay i i'm gonna eat crow here um, mm -hmm. I, I think I, I wrote online like, oh, unionization efforts are dead. And then Same. Raven QA and then, went and formed a union. And then, oh, like, and then, Ra okay. then Raven, went, Raven wrong. went public. Yeah, Raven went public with their union anyway. That, yeah, I mean, fundamentally, that was a decision made by individuals. Pardon me. Yeah. Um, that was that was a judgment based on on new information and new environmental context, and they thought it was the right decision. I, mean, I wish point. them who, who are, all the luck in the world. Yes, of course, of course, we wish, wish them all the luck in the world. No, that's what I'm saying is, um, as much as I, I I believe in my, <laughs> I don't know, relative value as a commentator, as a journalist, like at a certain point, it's, who who are we to say that they were, that they they were totally wrong to to do that? If you know, if they 
they they, they thought it was the right decision to, to make, then I don't know. They probably know what they're talking about. They're, yeah, I mean, they're actual game developers that have that have probably dealt with right, with right. you know mergers and acquisitions before <laughs> if they've been in the industry long enough. I mean, maybe this is something where they're like, if we get this done before the acquisition, then it sticks. Exactly. It's going to be very hard yeah. to undo. Uh, right. So now's the time to get it done. And that's, yeah, that's 100% hopefully this cascades. Yes, Microsoft hopefully. has traditionally not been super duper union friendly. No, no it's very, very un- union unfriendly. I, I apologize for interrupting. Yeah, so I, I think now's the time to get it done if they're going to get it done. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, you, cascades. you you guys have a, about a calendar year to, to really try and push this and hire this out and put pressure put internal pressure on, on Activision. And yeah, I, I really, really hope it goes well for them. I'm not, I, it's not the most optimism inspiring atmosphere, but again, I, I trust and respect their judgment and, I, and I'm and i willing to see how it plays out. Yeah, um, the one thing I'll say is potentially positive here is mm-hmm. it hasn't been Microsoft's habit when they made these gaming acquisitions to lay people off, at least on the Phil true. Spencer era. Um, yeah. So I think, jobs are yeah, probably so, safe for now my worry yeah, is so, you know what happens after phil spencer and seth nadella leave of course yeah and, and and there's also the worry of like oh if they're if they're really heavily rearranging how abk is is like organized which isn't isn't a impossible thing to imagine because abk is not well organized <laughs> oh um, yeah that like it's yeah, a mess. The, you know they could the redundancies could be created just in a in a more in a less overtly malicious process, and that's would be unfortunate in its own way. But yes, um, it's absolutely important to think like really long term and just say, you know, Spencer's not going to be around forever. <laughs> Spencer's he's, yeah, and, he's a middle aged guy. <laughs> a I mean, the other guy thing is like Nadella's here, been yeah. very supportive of right. Microsoft's gaming efforts oh, yeah. as a CEO, yeah. which like Balmer never believed in as much. Like Balmer yeah. thought they just walk absolutely. in with the Xbox. They'd capture the market and life would be grand. And yeah, Balmer Balmer had the Google thing of oh, it didn't go our way immediately, so he gave up. Miscalculated. <laughs> yeah. Nadella's yeah. thinking long term, not just in terms of getting a foothold in the gaming market, but using uh, game streaming and the like as kind of a Trojan horse to sell yeah. cloud services to everyone. Like yeah. Microsoft's business these days is Azure. They have contracts mm-hmm. with everyone for their cloud services. Um, In fact, Mm -hmm. part of the reason they opened up so many uh, cloud servers up in Canada was so that they could get government contracts up here. It's a big deal for them to be running this kind of service and running a successful cloud streaming service just sells uh, their cloud services all the more. Mm -hmm. It's undeniably smart business. Yeah. My... um, and I think uh, we also should acknowledge that um, there does, like, as Bones pointed out, there does need to be a cultural change at ABK. Yes. I don't know whether that's going to happen. I like, I'm not saying this to be to like hedge my bets or because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a Pollyanna and I, I'm optimistic mm-hmm. about any of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I genuinely don't know whether they're going to do that. Yeah. It's I think hard that's... To, to really mm-hmm. know what happens. I think, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think yeah, it's better than letting them languish under Codex leadership, but of course. I don't know if it's infinitesimally better or significantly better, and that's really yeah. hard for me to say right now. Yeah. Um, 
Any other thoughts on this before we move on to predicting 2022? Yeah. You're you're gonna get a when I, when my news roundup publishes um, sometime after we record this. You're, y'all are gonna be getting in plenty of earfuls from me on this anyway, so I'm happy to show <laughs> some some self restraint for once. <laughs> All right. Um, let's pretend we have crystal balls and talk about 2022 because gladly this is gonna be. A weird year, because mm-hmm. we're on. I was about. I, I for a second I forgot what year of the pandemic we were on. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, like the numbers right there, right? It's right in the name of the disease. It was the nineteenth COVID. Right? <laughs> the pandemic, pandemic started in twenty eighteen, right? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Who knows? Yeah, that's um, that's how long it feels like it's been. <laughs> So, like, 2022 is going to be another weird pandemic effective yep. year, uh, not effective, affected year, sorry. Um, we already know that E3's in-person version has been canceled this year, whether it's going to be I'll... completely canceled, replaced by electronic version of the same. Um, the, the, the current word is that they can't make a digital version happen, <laughs> like they oh. can't commit to it, which is so, like... Even even for the greatest E3 cynics, like that's stark that it fell apart that quickly that they couldn't arrange a second digital event in a row. <laughs> like I don't even know what the difficulties would be. I'm so yeah, confused. I, 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 I yeah, think Bailey it's that, does it for the most part I, every year. I think it's I think it's that the publishers like don't get enough value out of it anymore. I yeah. I think I think they know that their events will get eyeballs either. Out an E3 banner. <laughs> they gotta have it in the metaverse. That's what they gotta <laughs> do. <laughs> Don't even talk about that. <laughs> I saw like I'd never really seen a screenshot or a video clip of it, and then that like viral one about the party circulated. Yeah. And I saw that and was like, this is just Second Life but worse. Yep. And I have experience I with Second yeah. Life. It really is Second Life but worse. Um, but yeah, no, my understanding is that. It's, Everyone, you know, below the hardware level, the people who actually have to pay in to to appear, like they they just didn't find enough uh, return on their investment last last year. They they'd rather just do the digital digital events without also paying so for the extra exposure, which is yeah pretty fair. <laughs> for a second, I thought you were saying the people would have to pay in to appear in the metaverse. And I was oh, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's like they better be giving that away for free because it sucks. <laughs> no, we, no, I'm not going to pretend to be a metaverse expert. <laughs> that that much, I can't do. <laughs> you don't um, believe in crypto? You don't want to hold? <laughs> oh man! Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Have, yeah, wow. who'd have who'd have guessed that the outspoken trans lesbian anarchist <laughs> would be skeptical of big tech shit? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I think what we're going to do is we're going to go around making three predictions yep. each, two kind of, let's say, normal predictions and one wacky prediction. By wacky, I don't mean impossible. I just mean unlikely. Um, yeah. So. Okay. Once Now that we've outlined that, can I just say I, I pre-wrote these and yeah. I agonized over them, <laughs> just so clear. I agonized over what what was what was grounded and what wasn't what whether whether something counted as cheating or not based on me being a rumor mogul i i, I was, think if you have i put a I, lot of thought like into it. here here's here's what i'd say is cheating 
if you okay. know something is 100% true and you state it as a prediction and then say six months later, see, I was right, that's cheating. Okay. That's if you have like, like vague yeah, any... information that something might happen, yeah, then yeah, I think any... it's it's fine. Hey, yeah, anything that's 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 even remotely ambiguous suggests probably, but not, but but you don't have certainty about it. That's, I say if you're that's... over okay, like seventy five percent certain, that's cheating. <laughs> okay, I accept that. Then I'll make some changes. Actually, <laughs> okay, let's okay. let's no. let's like boost it up to eighty eight or whatever, no, so that you're not, not cheating and don't have to like rework anything. No, don't don't. I I, I wrote like six options anyway. So okay, so oh, you're no. really I playing the game. Really three. <laughs> I, well, I was I'm I'm working on like I was working on like predictions and rumors stuff today anyway <laughs> on other things. So right, I'm gonna throw <laughs> out a. Well I'm going to throw yeah, out one of my it. predictions. Um, and this is the pest. I, I got to start with a pessimistic one so I can hit you with the optimistic one later. Uh, my pessimistic one is that <laughs> Steam Deck, which is set to finally come out this year, is going to properly run a lot fewer games than people think it will. And a lot of Steam Deck owners are going to be disappointed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, that's 100% for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty confident in that one. Um, yeah, yeah. I, think it's a good one. <laughs> I was yeah, actually uh, when see. trying to think of one I, that was something similar. <laughs> Mostly, I'm I'm pretty sure that the the hardware on it is going to be um, the like physical aspect of it is going to be a big issue. Like that, like yeah. the ergonomics of it. Stuff. No, that no, no like, Nintendo stuff is like really good at being dropped, um, mm -hmm. and I don't think the Steam Deck is going to. Uh, I think that, people are gonna break the shit out of theirs. That, in <laughs> that initial overhype cycle uh, when it got first officially revealed was so was was not just disproportionate to what it looks like in terms of its value as a product. It it was disproportionate to what Valve sees this product. As, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I, I I think a lot of people are making more out of this than yeah. they than they should expect to get. I mean, don't get me wrong. And, Proton and I is don't a look down sorry. On go ahead. For it. I don't look down on them for that. I, I, I am sorry for them if and when they are disappointed. But <laughs> what I would say is, like, Proton is a really cool piece of tech in terms of getting, mm -hmm. like, the, the graphical instructions that usually work with DirectX working in Linux. It's it's amazing, but it's also not magic and. Mm -hmm. Especially a lot of older games, I think, are gonna run like butt on this thing. Yeah. yeah. That's as soon as I saw some of the stuff that was coming, I was like, this doesn't sound like a one-to-one -one type, mm -hmm. you know, thing. And yeah. that, at any time you're talking what's essentially a port, yeah, I get, to, I start to get a little bit worried. But mm -hmm. I, I guess, you know, I, I think that it's also maybe a little bit solving a problem that isn't gonna be a problem for much longer. I think a lot of people, I mean or a lot of companies are moving past you need this specific device and the futures in streaming or casting or whatever you want to call it. I mean, NVIDIA has been doing it for how long now, right? I mean, Steam Microsoft's already has their like Amazon Steam Link, unit. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know why you just like, and there's even stuff out there like, um, like what is it? Moonlight, you know, where if you want to, you know, basically kind of cobble together this log into your PC and play whatever's on there, it's existed for a while. I just don't, I think bundling it with a hardware thing is maybe for like, you know, some people is taking that ease of it and, and putting it in a place, but I don't know. I, I just, I'm not as excited about it. Never really have been. Um, All right. Uh, I'll give, I guess I'll give my, my other predictions now. Um, my 
second kind of grounded prediction is a positive one. And this, I'm the only person who cares about this. I also had trouble with <laughs> predictions uh, because I, I was doing this late at night. And also, um, like, I wrote the rest of the agenda after, I, <laughs> like, before I wrote awesome. this. I, like, went back and filled this in. Um, so Digimon Survive. Been in dev hell for God knows how long. Uh, this is the year. It's coming out. They're going to announce Digimon Con February 26th. They're going to announce it's coming out. And it's going to have a really close release date, like within a few weeks of Digimon Con. So that's finally going to happen. And on top of that, there's uh, we know a new Digimon story game is in development. It's also going to be announced, and it's going to come out in late 2023. This is probably completely wishful thinking. And on February 26th, they're probably just going to announce, like, I don't know, a new Agumon doll or something. And I'm going <laughs> to cry at night. A no, lot. I... I... No, I think it's I think it's solidly in the like realistic realm of optimism. It's just applied to such a a specific weird thing <laughs> that it can be disarming. But no, based on based on what I know, I I don't think it's crazy. Um, and I will be very happy for Digimon nerds <laughs> if that happens. I think I'm the I think I'm the only person in my yeah. age who is a Digimon nerd because everyone much. else is a Pokemon nerd and they don't know what they're for life. <laughs> you're, not, you're definitely not the only Digimon nerd I know, but... <laughs> like, you don't want to be the one kid is into Monster Rancher. Nobody talks to that kid, right? <laughs> oh, oh, poor Monster Rancher. They, you, you, you could take your music CDs and put put them in it and it would produce custom monsters. I know. That was All I awesome. remember is the, the anime, which I loved as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I remember the hero Genki just in the dub used to say, I laugh in the face of danger. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> that's, that's very good. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I think survives probably. I think survives probably about ready to go, even if it's not exact of like coming out like immediately afterward or anything like that's i think that one oh yeah, i don't think it's gonna be ready. shadow dropped that's yeah I, oh well i, I, I gave myself a say, little bit of a pessimism hey, there. I, was, I wasn't trying to say shadow dropped to be clear but yeah I, but yeah I, I i agree that survival will come out this year <laughs> okay um and finally my out there prediction and this is super out there and it's probably very stupid but i'm gonna say it anyway we know i love it it's been rumored it's so good that mario kart 9 is an act of development and mm -hmm. what's been rumored, uh, I forget which analyst said this. It's in some games Sir, industry. It was, it was Sir Contoda. Yeah. So Sir Contoda uh, says that it comes with a twist. My uh, prediction of the twist is that it's a mashup of F-Zero. It's going to be Nintendo's two racing franchises finally getting married. I, I really admire this ambition. I think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful vision that I, I dream of, of coming true. Um, permission to be a know-it-all for one second, and this has nothing to do with the a twist part of it. I I am. No, l let me be clear. Almost no one knows what the twist is. <laughs> no, no one's no one's even pretending to know because they know they'd make themselves look like assholes. Um, but I uh, my know-it-all contribution to this is that yes, of course, the next Mario Kart's in development, but internally it's considered Mario Kart 10 because the mobile one had so many of the main Mario Kart team on it that it's it's more honorary, like, mainline entry than most of their mobile games. <laughs> it's just okay, it so Mario it's like Mario Kart, Kart X. No number. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you can tell. Mortal Kombat. I, 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 
I, I genuinely think Mario Kart X is a possible uh, tile for it. Yeah, I, I also think it could be, yeah, just just like the dumb like reboot thing of just being Mario Kart. They could or... call it Mario Kart X and make it a crossover with Xenoblade. Don't do that. That's a really bad idea. <laughs> oh, it, it definitely won't be Xenoblade. A lot of people seem to think that it's going to be a crossover element of some kind. And and I think that'd be pretty... Uh, unless it was full... What like, if... this, Unless it was full, this is also a, a, may, a new main F-Zero game, then I think the crossover stuff would be pretty boring. But <laughs> The twist is, you That's... know how they had like that BMW cart that you could play? Uh, I think it was BMW. It was like regular cars that they yeah, they, in. they they did a couple licensed cars for Mario Kart 8. It could like be real... only those licensed cars now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no characters even. Even <laughs> better, Mario there's Ford. driving school in the game, and you can earn your license just yeah, Mario Kart and Mom. Oh, ac- every ac- racing game needs complicated ac- license. Ac- actually, fuck it. That's that's my Mario Kart twist prediction: is that <laughs> it's uh, is that it's Forza. It's an open world now. <laughs> um, Forza Horizon specifically. Um, Let's do it. All right, okay. Kappa. What are your predictions? Uh, so I think this one is kind of weird because it just kind of came out, but I. I've been thinking about like, what is the future, you know, kind of like of buying, playing games. And then like, basically what my idea, it like came true last week with uh, Rainbow Six Extraction on Game Pass. And I think this is kind of the future of like, basically how you're going to play games. If you haven't played Game Pass version of Rainbow Six Extraction, it's kind of weird because you go on PC and you say, hi, I'd like to play this game. And Microsoft says, yep, you've got Game Pass. You can play this. And then you log into Ubisoft Connect, and Ubisoft Connect goes, yep, you have Game Pass. Here's your game. Go ahead and play it. Um, I think that's going to be kind of the way that a lot of these developers are going to probably hand off. Maybe, like, I don't know how it works, like, digital sales-wise or anything like that. I don't know who's paying who. I'm sure Microsoft playing them, I don't know what percent. But I'm also playing it directly off of Ubisoft connect whatever they are servers um and i think this is kind of a weird thing from a consumer perspective because like what's going on here i don't know but um it's something that's very friendly to the third-party partners that microsoft's doing these kinds of things with square and ubisoft and ea and stuff and and uh yeah and and it also it just gives you a much bigger player base than you you know than you might necessarily have gotten otherwise Because like so, now I'm I'm playing my kid like, has it on Steam. Like, like I'm pretty sure Outriders would not have been a called a hit by Square if it had been on Game. <laughs> yeah, and I think Fair there's enough. a lot of these middle like I would call them the 39.99 games, mm-hmm. right? This right. is like the new price point I think where you're going to start seeing you're not going to basically just release a 39.99 game in your own ecosystem without tying it to some other form of PS Plus or Game Pass or NVIDIA's, you know, GeForce Now or something. I feel like this is going to be kind of the way it goes from now on for these mid-tier games that have a lot of development to them, but you need the player base. You need those people playing it for it to even take off. Because I've talked a lot about at times, there's a lot of times where games fail just because people don't play it right at the out the gate. It's get yeah. bad reviews or bad this or bad that. And if you don't have the player base, the game just dies. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that that is 100% kind of where where we're going is going to be this, this like, we're, not the AAA, you know, ultra mega battlefields and CODs of the world, but everything else that they're not sure they're going to be able to get the eyeballs and the, the players that they need. I think this is the way forward is to basically license it almost. I, I, I'm not yeah. sure if it's a license or what, but 
Um, it feels weird. It feels weird clicking play on an Xbox thing, being taken to Ubisoft, playing the game with my my friend who's on, you know, whatever system he's on. And it's all just kind of, it's seamless to me enough that I don't mind it, right? It's not like I'm, you know, going through 10 million different systems, but um, that to me kind of feels like where we're going. You know, I think six, you know, not five, six years ago, it probably would have been like, okay, well, everybody's going to make um, their own, you know, this distribution platform, their own Steam, their mm-hmm. own Origin, their own whatever. But I think everybody's kind of seen now, okay, well, there's three or four real big players in the game, and we're going to let them do what they got to do, basically. Yeah, yeah. Inter- interfacing with the main services of, of Game Pass and Project Spartacus, once that comes out uh, yeah. on PlayStation. Like, that's absolutely, that's the... It reminds me when, like, future. every game had the GameSpy services tools. Right, right. Oh, my God. Oh, GameSpy no. or... Yeah. 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 Flashbacks. Um, but I mean, it's, it's kind of a boring like prediction because I think it's probably pretty true. But I don't see, I don't see a lot of companies wanting to build their own ground up systems like they were, uh, you know, a couple years ago. I think now they're wanting to roll with kind of what's out there. Um, I think that's really going to position probably Microsoft, Amazon, anybody else who's kind of put in the legwork to get that rolling. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. kind of put them on the inside totally. track. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, kind of a boring prediction. Uh, so let's get a little conspiratorial. I think that the 3000 series <laughs> GPUs, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer <laughs> in the conspiracy. I, I, think, I think they're there somehow. I don't know where they are. I don't know how they're not being sold. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that once they announce the 4000 series, the 3000 series is about to get real available real quick. Um, I don't know if it's, they're going to say it's because the crypto crash. I don't know if they're going to say, you know, but I just got that feeling that this video card, uh, you know, drought is going to end real soon, real quick. And then I think right as soon as it does and you can get them for regular prices again, I think the 4000 series is going to be right out the door. So soon you thereafter. think they're, they're pulling an OPEC on? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, graphics, I think graphics cards. I think it's easy to say, well, none of this is available until we decide to make like they're doing stuff like making those weird 3050s. They're like it's it's just it's strange to me that they've got chips for some stuff and not chips for the other. And like, you know, they haven't shifted production to this stuff and we're making more new PS4s because we can't make PS5s. So there's just so much weird to it that I don't have like a good feeling about how it's happening or what it's happening. But I, I do get the feeling that there's a little bit of well, we're telling you this and you're going to go buy this. And then it's like when they sold you two versions of last of us, right? <laughs> right. Like they know. I don't, I don't think most of the scarcity is artificial, but I could believe that some of it is. That's kind of where I don't I'm know. At. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's... I don't, and I don't know enough about graphics cards and PC shit specifically to, to comment on that. So, yeah. so I don't know. Feeling about I get like, th- like they pop up and they all of a sudden have, you know, a thousand cards that are being sold on this site. And like, PC makers have had no problems putting the cards in their systems and just, you know, these guys who are buying rooms full for their, their mining are finding them. It's just, I, I feel like there's something going on. And I think that as soon as they figure out the price point and they can't keep, you know, buy, selling these things in lotteries and gouging people and stuff, I think that they're going to figure it out. And then the 40 series is going to be right out the door and they can start it all over again. So I'm a little cynical there, a little conspiratorial, but I, I just, I like that our crazy uh, predictions so far have been very sufficiently crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> very proud. <laughs> I, I think I, I'm a I'm a 3000 series 
believer, uh, conspiracy <laughs> Sorry, believer. Sorry, we're calling it what he's truther here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds wrong. Like, yeah. now, uh, Intel's getting into GPUs, AMD's up in their GPUs. I think all of a sudden, NVIDIA's going to find them chips somewhere, you know? Um, and I, I hope it takes them out of the hands of crypto people. I don't know how, but that's what I'm hoping. Um, and then I guess my third one, this one isn't very exciting, I would guess, but um, I get the feeling this is going to be like one of those years where it's just a bunch of weird indie games out of nowhere um, that are going to kind of dominate the the space a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if it's that feeling that, you know, okay, it's been two or three years of people working in their bedroom on games that we might not have heard about and it's going to hit the door or, you know, these indie, indie studios who have been kind of keeping a tight lip on some of their stuff, but I don't think there's a lot of real major like mainline games that are 100% coming out this year. They're going to suck all the space out of the room um, like has in the past, you know, mm, um, I, can buy that. So I think this is the year that, that indie game studios can kind of make their headway. If they've got something that's cool or fresh or new um, and, and kind of feels different than what people are, are kind of looking for. Um, so I could, I could really see this being a big old, big old indie year. Like, what was it like 2016, 2017, when we started to get really get like, what was, when did Bastion come out? That felt like the last big year. That was, that was 2011. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, the, the early tens was where there was when there was like one or two major indies a year. Yeah. Summer of Arcade, <laughs> all that stuff. But, and then, yeah, by a certain point in the tens, it was just like, oh, there's plenty of huge, um, indies. Yeah, but, could, but there's no individual one taking up as much space. Um, yeah, you could usually just go through a year playing indie games. I mean, little five, six, yeah. seven, eight hour games. There were just so many of them. You know, yeah. that, I um, I do think the pandemic has has been a season that's been good for like make make like the the, the amount of indies hasn't changed. Um, the amount of major indies hasn't changed. But like in terms of the amount of space that each indie takes up, I think I think that has probably increased a bit again. Yeah. Both because of what's happened to AAA games and um, yeah. like that, that that's that, that's just like a weird pandemic cultural thing to it. Yeah, I, like, I think it's you know your hate your Hades is and so forth. <laughs> harder to get a studio of you know two hundred people you know working from home coordinated blah blah blah. But I think you know if you're a five six man lean indie studio you know pumping them out right then I think mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier maybe to get that work done if you're just kind of sticking yeah. with a a very core central idea that's not needing to, you know, be super refined. So I could see yeah. that happen. I could see you know, a bunch of little weird out of nowhere. Undertale kind of felt like that, right? When that yeah, finally came that, out. Sure. I mean, I think some people had followed its development because it was crowdfunded. Yeah. But for those who had yeah. followed its development, it just kind of exploded out into the right. scene. Yeah. My, my girlfriend and I are both pretty hard. I was literally playing Delta chapter two uh, today, by the way. <laughs> um, my girlfriend and I are both, pretty hardcore undertale fans and we're actually the perfect two sides of that spectrum because she was one of the original kickstarter funders uh, of of undertale back in the day and i hadn't heard of undertale until i saw it on steam like around launch day when i was in college and i played it on a whim (laughs) so we're we're really are perfect uh, parallels there yeah Um, and that's yeah that's it's good that indies can you know, have that kind of thing of where you 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 had a passionate pre-launch following, and you had people just like picking picking up something very abruptly out of interest, and 
and I yeah, think... like Nintendo, the the Nintendo Indie Worlds, and the and the Xbox ID uh, ID at Xbox shows have been very good for that as well, for for yeah. building up these these launches and these uh, followings for these indie games. Literary, yeah. you're saying something? Sorry. Yeah, I think um, like with with how things have been, I think people have been waiting for the next like Among Us or something, like some kind <laughs> of like thing that like everyone is talking about um and i don't see like looking at the list of of triple a titles coming out this year i don't really see anything there so it's got to come from somewhere else <laughs> yeah like i, I think, think you're seeing it now with vampire survivor i think that's the name of it that like kind of bullet hell super streamer friendly uh little indie game that's kind of taken over a lot of streaming right now and it's kind of got that same feel as among us where it's just like all the all the people are talking about it and they're sharing their you know their playthrough strategies and stuff it's 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 very hades light uh i don't know if you've seen it at all but it's starting to really pick up steam um in kind of like streaming circles and that's kind of how it felt with among us as well right like now i'm just get it, Sorry, I'm just thinking about the fact that Nintendo paid for timed exclusivity on Among Us, and and what and how pointless that seems. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that, that seemed completely unnecessary. Like Hades, I get. Hades totally paid off for them. I don't know if it it, it was necessary for Among Us. I think. Like with Among Us, people were genuinely like, "This isn't already on consoles." Yeah, very <laughs> sure. Wait, Vampire Survivors is okay. It's an early access, and it's only three dollars Canadian. Yeah, and it's three dollars. And yeah. it is it's neat. It is a very cool that's gonna be the next little, you know, thing that takes over. Uh, you know, you're mm-hmm. I got my ears to the streets when it comes to the youth, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> this is what it yeah, is. I I heard a little bit about Vampire Survivor. Yeah, that's but, that's been a, a thing. Is it is that's... it crowd game or is it among us? Like does it have legs? No. It has legs in that the it's got it's like it's way more Hades than Among Us, but okay. the reason it's it's one of those zany games where like you pick the wrong thing or the right thing, everything's kind of named a little bit funny. I get the feeling that maybe English might not be the first language of them because like there's like Santa water instead of Saint like like holy water. <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing. And then there's like King Bible and just like like weird names for all this stuff. But it might it, it I might be wrong. It might just be them being funny, but um. It's uh, a very quirky. They're based in the UK, so I think they're just. There you go. Yeah, um, but it's very quirky, goofy, uh, Hades-style play where each playthrough you're kind of starting from scratch and you know picking up the power-ups as you go, and if you pick the wrong one, you know you kind of ruin your whole you know build, I guess. But um, it's it's more designed to get like a crazy amount of bullet hell level uh, characters on the screen. Um, and then kind of just you know drop it all drop you in the middle of the, the zaniness and you watch your favorite streamer kind of deal with 10 trillion bats on the screen or whatever things like that all right all right i uh, think you'd probably dig it i mean i think if you checked it out i think you'd probably like it. it's right up your alley but um yeah but that, that's kind of what i mean those are the types of games i feel like this year there's going to be always maybe like an indie game at the moment you know yeah um like mm. that it's not going to have that effect that a lot of years have where it's just all anybody wants to talk about is Witcher three or, you know what I mean? Like some kind of like, like game that sucks just all the air out of the room. I don't see that this year. I know that there's obviously one huge one on the horizon, but I think it's, it's huge, but niche at the same time where I don't think it's going to have that effect. So which game, which game is that? Or is that Elden for later? Ring. 
Oh yeah, Elden Ring for sure. Uh, Bill, what are your predictions? Okay, I'm just going to read all three of these, and you decide which ones you think are the more realistic. Ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited about this. Um, and as I mentioned, yeah, I wrote I wrote a bunch of them and then narrowed them down. <laughs> okay, let's go. Based hear. on on judgment and input from you. Um, okay. I predict that after a couple years of just like one cinematic reveal trailer at a time, um, I think Obsidian's going to have a big moment this year where they're where it's a lot of info on multiple of their games where uh, where Avowed will come back and and we'll learn a lot more about it and also uh, maybe stuff that's been on it that, that hasn't been announced yet. Probably not Outer Worlds too. That one's probably a long time away. But but I think is I think grounded, Obsidian's working on a lot of stuff. Is grounded, oh, yeah, grounded early access now? Grounded still not in 1.0, so okay. that that could also be part of that. But yeah, I, I I think I think Obsidian's been gearing up for a for a big splurge. Um, so I think they're due. <laughs> yeah, that's realistic. Yeah, I give uh, that a grounded. So. Thank you. <laughs> grounded, grounded. <laughs> grounded. <laughs> I give that a wolf spider. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, Callback. Oh wait, I didn't um, even realize the pun. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. That wasn't intentional. <laughs> that was not intentional. Nice. I didn't even realize that. Okay. That's awesome. Um, All right. <laughs> Go me. <laughs> Sorry. What's your number yeah. two? No problem. Uh, <laughs> my number two is and I know this is we don't have face cam on, uh behind the scenes peek for your listeners out there. <laughs> But um, but imagine I'm staring you directly into the eyes when I say this. Okay. Um, I predict that Star Fox for Switch will be announced this year for a 2023 release. Wow. I am very confident in this, believe it or not. <laughs> and it's not based on info, really. It's just a feeling, mostly. That that and I heard like ages ago that they were working on like a switch prototype for a Star Fox game. No updates on that since. So this is so I, I, it's it's a gamble, but it's a gamble I, I believe. In. I could see I think, that. Yeah, Sorry, I think they're going to make a big. I think they're. I think if if and when a Star Fox happens again, I think they're going to still try and make a big deal out of it. That's basically could, what I'm saying. I could see it because I I'm one of like ten people who played Starlink, and I was yeah. like, this is almost the perfect Star Fox experience. I could really see them working with that formula and putting yeah. something uh, very 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 good yeah. together. Yeah, Starlink got really sank by the Toys for Life thing. Yeah, and, and I yeah. think they know that, and I think they know what sank Star Fox Zero besides the fact that it came out the holiday before the Switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, th I think that the toy angle, it was right at the time that Skylanders was kind of collapsing under its own weight yeah. and Lego Dimensions had kind of as well. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think that, um, I, I think that kind of like, was, I don't want a bunch of these useless toys that I'm going to end up throwing out, you know, um, on top mm -hmm. of it. So people really didn't jump on it, but the game itself was really good. I mean, just mm -hmm. a very good Star Fox experience. Mm -hmm. And then they they just they also just wasted money on the fact that they spent a lot of money on those toys and then made right. them completely optional to the game. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, yeah. When I played it, I played it on like um, I, I don't remember where I played. I think it was on like Ubisoft's whatever their their little version of Game Pass. I had like a free trial of it for a month. Um, I just I basically just played that game for a month. It was so good. Um, but yeah, it was like you click a button, you, you have all the little toys on there, and you just go into a menu and change them rather than physically um so i mean they weren't necessary like at all at all so yeah so i think that's definitely a possibility 
it seems <laughs> a lot more realistic than melding Mario Kart and F-Zero, so I get that ground <laughs> as well. Damn and... it. Okay, that was supposed to be my crazy one. <laughs> okay, so what what is your... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I themed these to each of the major consoles, um, if you could tell. <laughs> I have one, yeah, one Nintendo one, one Microsoft one, and one Sony one. And my so my Sony one is that I think uh I think Spider-Man two from Insomniac will get a full E three demo level reveal sometime of the year. I don't think it's that soon. It's only January after all. But I think it'll happen before the end of the year. But also importantly, nothing we won't hear anything about Wolverine, nothing about the other game. <laughs> See, I actually give that uh, lower odds. I think we're not going to see any any footage of it until 2023. Wow, that would yeah. be. I mean, that'd be pretty crazy. That's that's the year it was announced for. <laughs> as much as that meme has been going around, though, where it's like Sony's like, "All I've got is Spider-Man." <laughs> like, no, I feel like no, they want to wait a little bit before they kind of no. go into desperation well, forget, mode. No, forget about that meme. That's not that's <laughs> not why I'm talking about the about this. Um, I mean. You know, most of their major, their the, 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 Sony Sony seems to like like I mean, not always intentionally. Part of it's just COVID stuff, but like so, Sony seems to like big windows for their big games, like Horizon and God of War and stuff like that. And and I and I'm basing this in large part based on like the timings of uh, of when those games got their like gameplay trailer moments relative to when they're supposed to come out. Um. Because yeah, Spider-Man Two is supposed to be next year. <laughs> is everything is Miles Morales? They got everything out for that. The P, all the PS5 stuff they were meaning to get out is that all out now? Haven't been yeah, pretty out? much. Yeah. yeah, once okay. once Grand Turismo and Horizon come out in the next two months, that that'll be every everything from the first PS5 event, first party wise, will oh. be out. Because um, right. because God of War was three months later. <laughs> I remember these things. <laughs> so Lutero, let's hear what you've predict uh, uh i know words let's see what you're predicting okay uh yeah mine are i i kind of recategorized one from grounded to out there so <laughs> all right let's hear them yeah we did a lot of that calculation. Um, yeah my first my first one which is ostensibly my only grounded one uh is that uh when brain anniversary comes out which i think is slated for this this year um that it got delayed but yeah yeah it's currently so that this year yeah so. Uh, that it's gonna spark like basically a two-week period where everyone is losing their marbles over it, uh, and like people who haven't played it the first time around are are gonna discover it and be like, oh my god, and then kind of just completely disappear off the radar again for another ten Bold. years. Bold, bold. <laughs> I, I, I'm, short break I'm unconvinced. <laughs> I'm, I'm unconvinced. I, I. I mean, it's not just that I don't like that game. I just, I just, I, th- I think the Jonathan blow of it all is too public at this point. <laughs> so it's going to last for three weeks. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, okay. So instead it's going to be people losing their marbles over it, people being like, actually, and then a third week. Oh no, discourse. You're predicting discourse. <laughs> Put it back in the box. Film Twitter, but on the internet. Or, you, do, yeah. do, do you know? Do you know how many predictions that were primarily discourse based that I wrote and then scrapped? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, time for my my first out there prediction. Uh, the Mario movie is going to be good. Ooh. <laughs> All oh, right. I mean, I I think I think it's I I think um, contrary to perhaps like film Twitter opinion, um, I I think Illumination has like a floor of quality that they don't 
descend too too much further past yeah um <laughs> which is not the same thing as being great or anything uh i watched sing because my girlfriend likes it the first one sing you know the one yeah. that ever, everyone hated it because the marketing lasted for so long that was it was it was pretty fun it was fine <laughs> so it's, it'll be competent right <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i expect yeah it'll it'll be confident people will be weirded out by by some of the choices but i I think you'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, I think when you've got a cast like Charlie Day, Keegan Michael Key, oh, and Taylor Joyce, Seth Rogen, you've assembled a pretty good cast. Yeah. Hey, was, should, yeah. Yeah. I'm avoiding the proud of it all. No, um, Emoji was an elimination. That was Emo- Sony. Emoji was Sony, yeah. Emoji, okay. Emoji movie continues to be funny because that was the same studio as Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> like, and they, and that was... That was their next project what they went from emoji movie Guys, we got we got to pull it back we have Os- to <laughs> oscar winning cultural phenomena <laughs> yeah well, we, uh, we earned our paycheck with that one now <laughs> <laughs> no no elimination is just minions minions and sing <laughs> okay and also uh, mario and um, also mario it's amazing yeah. <laughs> they're 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 very they're perfect partners for for nintendo because uh they're very malleable <laughs> nintendo can can be exactly as, as in charge as they want to be <laughs> but yeah i'm hope i'm hoping the mario movie is going to be good i yeah i i, I believe don't. myself less and less the more i read this text <laughs> on the on the page but <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not trying to, to beat you up about it. <laughs> they've learned a lot after since since making that last mario movie i hope at least <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> a cultural classic in the all the ways you don't want yeah <laughs> Charlie Day is Luigi is gonna be such a slam dunk though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> he better get uh, Luigi's Mansion stuff to do. <laughs> all right, and what's your third prediction? Uh, my third one uh, kind of actually cropped up in the middle of our our conversation because um, I I originally had something about uh, the um, the Steam Deck, but I feel like we we already touched on that. Uh, but I think that uh, the the quote play to earn games uh, oh, God. are going to become annoyingly large this year, and then some kind of government crackdown is going to happen, or like pushback from from somewhere on a on a legal level, and then they will completely just crash. So people will invest money into them and then uh, lose all of it. Christ, I hope so. <laughs> I I believe that that could happen. <laughs> oh, I, I hope not, honestly, but that's my prediction. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's never great when <laughs> we have to worry about crypto and NFTs. Yeah, oh, I'm geez, just thinking man. of like a uh, like uh... box NFT system that like gets. Uh, is attached to a ostensibly pretty fun game otherwise and then that just blows up and then everyone's like oh god this is the worst thing and then a government agent is like isn't isn't this taxable and then everyone's like no <laughs> shut up this is like, like what happened I, with I, loot boxes right yeah it will be like loot boxes 2.0 because it's actual currency of some kind even if it's a digital currency that but it has some kind of ratio to, to dollars. I can, I can see that happening. I mean, I don't know that there are going to be any, like, um, I mean, I don't know which crypto games are coming out. I don't follow that space at all. But it's, I can 
totally see it one of them catching all the crypto bros and it becoming a thing and then it becoming a big enough thing that someone in congress is like oh yeah we better look into this so, mm -hmm. yeah yeah, all yeah the legal stuff's the legal stuff's starting to get there thank god starting <laughs> <laughs> to yeah all right so let's switch gears from predicting to taking a look at what's coming up in the rest of the year uh, so what games are you folks looking forward to Oof. yeah um just i guess since i mentioned earlier i'll start with elden ring i, I don't know I, I it's hard to describe myself as interested in it like i'm interested in this um, is unfair <laughs> like what other people are going to do with elden ring or how, how other people are going to experience elden ring because it's not going to be me doing it you know i'm um, interested in watching it get speed run at gdq yeah yeah or like <laughs> that's my with, relationship we'll play with Talk donkey congos or you know baller beats <laughs> we could have just not talked about elden ring um i know i know you guys don't care that's fine and i and i do care that's fine no, it doesn't like matter if you're looking forward to elden talk ring. about it Yo, yeah yeah i am looking forward to elden Talk I am looking it. forward to Elden Ring, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I think well, I it's. A, I think I'm it's looking a game forward to that, the sense like, that I want it to come out. I guess is how I'll put it. I agree. Oh, I'm not. I am not rooting for it to fail. Don't get me wrong. It's just like, uh, um, I'm super interested to see now that it's changing the formula a little bit from it's like these tightly connected corridors and going full open world i'm interested to see how players respond to it and whether they mm -hmm. respond positively to those changes um mm -hmm. it's it's a big step forward for from software and i really want to see where they go with it because they it's very much like a this these really interesting games that just aren't for me uh, but i'm still really interested to see how they kind of push the medium forward um i appreciate you saying that <laughs> what else are you folks looking forward to <laughs> I'm looking forward to multiverses. <laughs> what? Oh, is that the I, Warner I, Brothers the, uh, fight? It's, it's the Warner Bro It's the Warner Brothers Smash clone. Yeah, I mean it's. it's... Is that the one where Khaleesi can fight uh, Scooby Doo? Sorry, Shaggy. It's it's Arya Stark and and. Sorry, I don't know. I don't know. Yes, that's okay. okay. Um, if you see the new Space Jam, it kind of lays it out for you. You get a lot of the, <laughs> a lot yeah, of the that's, flavor that's for what they're going for. Oh, there's more backstory. True. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no just I think he just means in terms of just laying out. Here are here are the IPs that Warner Brothers prioritizes. It's because uh, like it's not yeah, the I, ones you would think. It's like Mad Max and like Game of Thrones and like other and, ones that. Fucking Austin Powers. Yeah. What? <laughs> Why was Austin Powers in that movie? Can um, I play as LeBron James? <laughs> Le LeBron James has been rumored as a DLC character. <laughs> that would be hilarious. It would be insane. Um, yeah, obviously. It'd be Michael worth it just to have like LeBron James fighting Norville Shaggy Rogers. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Injustice has like. Justice includes extra characters as like skins of their main characters. Michael Jordan would be such an expensive skin to get on LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Um, no, I yeah, I, I I just I'm just excited to have a new dumb Smash Bros style marketing cycle to engage. In. <laughs> I, it's the shallowest fucking thing, but I'm, but it was it was a lot of fun for me uh, as a as a Smash Ultimate fan. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to doing that. But the stupidest 
kind of crossover possible because <laughs> that'll mean, only make it funnier warner owns like dc they have a deep well of characters yeah. to draw from oh they, they have four dc characters in the game already yeah on top of gandalf shaggy rick <laughs> um uh but uh but the game's also like based on like play tests and stuff like the, the game's also more mechanically ambitious than you'd think like every character is really unique mechanically yeah, um, I, I think a lot of people saw that with uh, the Nickelodeon one that came out, that, like, the yeah. Smash formula works outside of Nintendo. It's not like they've got a yes. secret formula for the, the fighting part of it. It's just if you can get enough interesting, um, you know, characters yeah. to put around it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a level of craft and, and polish in Super Smash Bros. that kind of puts it above uh, a cut above the Nickelodeon one. But yeah, it's yeah. it's not like it's a patented formula and it's definitely one that other developers can take a look at and make something mm. new, yeah. unique, and hopefully not as cynical as PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the one I, I wanted to make the comparison to because yeah, like PlayStation... I I, yeah, I I don't care about the mercenary corporate IP stuff of that. Like, that's stupid, but who cares? Um, like... Yeah, like so PlayStation All Stars' problem was the polish level, right? It was uh, making it so that so that the only way to win was to do your final smash, which is uh, bad. <laughs> That's a bad mechanical decision. Um, yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah. Lutero, is there anything you're looking forward to? Uh, let's see. Yeah. Um, I think the the number one I put here was Total War Warhammer Three. Yeah. That's on my list. Yeah. That's happening. Because, yeah, I am. Two weeks? Three weeks? Oh, shit. I need to pre it. <laughs> oh, it's on Game Pass, so. I don't have Game Pass. I, I... Should, Let me, I'll pitch probably... it to you after that. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's a dollar you... for a month. You got nothing to lose. Wow. Uh, okay. Do you get, like, a, a referral <laughs> bonus? or? <laughs> so it comes out on February 17th, 2022. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. They okay. got some mechanics in there that I am extremely interested in. I mean, because like I said, this was on my list too. Um, and the last two Warhammer games have mechanically done a lot different. And I, I know yeah. to like casual, you know, observers from the outside, maybe it doesn't seem like that, but they really have. Um, Troy adds a lot of little wrinkles in how the heroes and the armies fight. And then uh, the um, Three Kingdoms one kind of took it in an even further direction with the city, uh, the way the city layouts and things like that can kind of develop and build. Um, I, I haven't played the, the Three Kingdoms one. I I was, like, really interested, and then it kind of got middling reviews, and I, I kind of cooled off on it and never bought it. I think if you went in expecting it to be a hardline historical sim, like the, the past kind of like shoguns roams etc where i think that's what the people who are disappointed um but as far as like the actual gameplay i mean i think i thought it was amazing like i really think they put a lot of effort into making units less paper rock scissorsies um and in a good way uh and they've got a lot of units that can like change stances equip different weapons you know trade movement for defense or attack and things like that they did a lot with the the individual units of the game um, that I think makes total uh, Warhammer it to be in a, a, hopefully a really good place because 
Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of ideas I think that that Total War messes with that doesn't it doesn't really commit to, and then it feels like they went all in on those two. Troy for being kind of like a, a tale of heroes rather than armies, yeah. um, and then I feel like they kind of did the same um, in a lot of different ways with the Three Kingdoms. Where okay, well, what does it look like when you have ten thousand people on a battlefield? Um, and, you know, you might have one or two hero generals dueling, but these are gigantic scale battles uh, uh-huh. that you don't really see in other games. So Total Warhammer has the best of both those worlds, right? You've got the heroes, you've got the giant armies. Um, so I think they've learned a lot. And the way their DLC factions played, like later on in the series, were uh-huh. all fantastic. So I've, I've got very, very high hopes. Yeah, I been really happy with uh, the Total War Warhammer series so far. Like all, all each faction feels pretty fun to play. Like some of them are a little bit similar to each other, but like there's some very different ones. Like if you're playing pirates or if you're playing like uh, one of the um, chaos or uh, or one of the roaming ones, it, it can be like a completely different campaign, basically. Right. I, I, that's exactly what I kind of respond to, too. It's like you can play the boring Empire guys that are, you know, archers and pikemen and cavalry. But then if you want to get real crazy, you can play, you know, the necromancer faction where you got nothing but disposable armies and you can lose 90 percent of your army in a fight. And it doesn't even matter, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and weirdly, that's like Skaven. <laughs> Just throw more rats at the problem. You sometimes actually win by losing more. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let me just build an underground nuke. It'll be fine. Yeah, I... You can I'm, do that? Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. The Skaven is a really weird faction to play. I actually... I'm not good at them. <laughs> they, they, they're they based on almost... Eh, almost, like, losing to win. Like, if you have battles where you, like, just basically wipe out your things, you'll get these, like, rituals for losing so many things that you can summon, like gigantic war machines or guys that'll like he said that'll basically nuke a whole town just like drive it in half yeah. um it's it's interesting yeah it's really and they have like the, the undercity thing but yeah what do you think of the um the new uh factions i think they announced the grand cafe and kislev kislev yeah kislev to me so Kislev to me is probably the most interesting because I like to play that type of civilization where you can really just, if you can hold your own and get through mid game, you become a powerhouse. And that's what that devotion um, uh, mechanic looks like to me. Like you just keep winning your battles and holding your own. Because Kislev in two, what I was saying, uh, my worry about Kislev is you're basically on the worst position in the map as Kislev. You are surrounded by vampires, empire, and then eventually chaos. And yeah. I can't think of a worse place to be. So if you can make it to that second phase of the game, I feel like Kislev has the, the biggest potential to kind of snowball. You're going to have to win some real, real, real hard fights early. Um, yeah. But that's interesting. Cathay, I, I don't know. Um, I really, really want to see some gameplay videos with Cathay. Yeah. Um, well, they look cool as hell. That's that's for sure. You know. <laughs> but it, it seems like they have 10 million units. Um, and I don't know how that balances out because i think the best the civs i most enjoyed really when it comes down to it they have like four or five units and then the upgrades for four or five units mm-hmm. and it seems like they're going the other way with cathay and just kind of like very very specialized units um which has a lot of potential as like an rts you know fan but i could see yeah. people getting really frustrated with like oh shit my anti-cavalry unit is going up against uh 
bunch of flyers and getting decimated. Yeah. Okay, I think that's all our total Sorry. time for today. <laughs> that's I the only think. game I had, so that, that's all my time. <laughs> hey, you're, 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 perfect. you're perfectly fine, Luther. Uh, can I do? Can I do one more? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, I'll, it's it's a very quick, straightforward thing. Uh, game I'm looking forward to this year is Stray. You're a cat. <laughs> You're a fully, fully rendered 3D mobile cat with a little backpack. It's very yeah. cute. I saw a thing <laughs> an adventure platformer cat game. I mean, what 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 else is there to say? <laughs> backpack. A cat pack? A cat pack. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, uh, that is... It does look interesting. I don't... I haven't seen enough gameplay yet for me to really get hyped about it, but I think it could be really good. Mm -hmm. um, Annapurna's published a lot of great games of the past. They had a little bit of an off year last year, but... <laughs> They, yeah, they also had 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, they had 12 minutes. They had Maquette. Neither yeah, was We talked about that last episode. <laughs> that kind of... Oh, yeah, I slammed Maquette quite a bit. Yeah. I don't need to slam it anymore. I was being you know, nice about it. But yeah. Nice. It's <laughs> all right. I slammed, back. <laughs> I slammed Seth Gable and Bryce Dallas Howard. They're yeah. never going to appear on this podcast now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. But a lot. I'm, I'm sure they're quite nice people. Uh, I'm sure they are. Their performance was not good. Um, <laughs> I got a bunch that I'm looking forward to, like Kirby and the Frogland. That looks great. It looks Same. like it looks like Kirby Super Mario Odyssey, but with Kirby. Mm -hmm. So that it looks, looks awesome. Uh, yeah. I mentioned Digimon Survivor earlier. Uh, I might be the only person looking forward to this. I the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative. <laughs> yes, I, I is really good. I I really enjoyed I, so that is I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I didn't think they'd make a sequel to it. I was so shocked when they announced it. So I am down for more Uchikoshi nonsense. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Sports Story, which has been <laughs> in development forever. You poor guy. You've been waiting for Sports Story for so long. <laughs> for so long. For two years. Just I'm give it really to me. I'm really sorry. I'll take it whatever state it's in, sidebar. Just give it to me. A <laughs> um, um, couple more for me. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, Dragon Age 4. I think this is a big old question mark for lots of people. One, if it even comes out, mm -hmm. right? But two, is this a rebirth or a swan song? Um, I could honestly see it being either at this point. Um, I I don't have a good feel at all for what it is, obviously, because all we've seen is... Well, it's got know, their multiple reboots. <laughs> yeah. and That didn't help. They've brought some people back, let some people mm -hmm. go. It's It's been mm -hmm. kind of an interesting who knows what's yeah. happening. I don't know if they're saying we're going to get this right and no more... Uh, Bioware magic or if this is just look let's just get something out the door and then be done with it um i think if that's the way it goes i think that's probably it for bioware it's hard it's hard to imagine they're being rushed on it at this point like uh, i don't yeah i mean um, if they were being rushed on it we'd have seen more already but and it, it's you know i think a lot of people assume okay well anthem that's ea and then you start to get the reports like no that was them that's what oh, they yeah. wanted you well, know they, they had a lot of they have a lot of workplace cultural issues to work out for sure. Yeah. Hopefully, 
hopefully that stuff's already been improved. The uh, the news about the fact that they're hiring, you know, full time remote, uh, like full full time remote positions are now open for like for all of their for all of their positions for all of their jobs, and they, you know, they you know applica- applicants were previously required to move to either Canada or Texas even, you know, two years into a pandemic, like that's, a, that's certainly a good start. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's, that's an improvement. Yeah. Just um, going, going full remote support. The, um, the lore nerd in me wants to really go back and reread the books and replay the games and stuff. <laughs> and I'll get there. But uh, I, I, I've been considering doing a replay soon of, of yeah. Dragon Age. So I'm with you there. Um, yeah. I, it, it, it's, it, it's such a weird place. It's it's so weird to be in a position where where three of those came out in five years and now it's been a decade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah twenty fourteen was when Inquisition came yeah. out. Wow. Um, I'm guessing it's not coming out until twenty twenty three. I I would guess so too. Twenty twenty three is what I've been told multiple times at this yeah. point. I uh, I kind of want to replay Inquisition and yeah, knowing what I know now about Solus. Sorry, is that too much of a spoiler? <laughs> Whatever. The game's like <laughs> seven, eight years old now. So. Fucking soulless. That, oh that, my god. That, I hate that sure. guy so much. Yeah, yeah Trespasser was a dick. wide open DLC. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, the two, I, I think that, like, because I put DA4 and Starfield on here, and both of those to me are like, if they see this year, cool. If not, I mean, I really doubt they're going to, you know? Um, but sure. Starfield, I think, has a lot of potential. I think people are going to be looking for that, but I don't think either are really locked in. Um, I don't know about Metroid Prime. Uh, uh, I have I, no clue. What uh, is going on with that? Does okay. anyone... I, no? I I can say things about Metroid Prime. I, sure. What's going I on think, with that? I think you're going to see a trailer from Prime 4 this year. I don't think it'll come out this year, but I think it could, it could be announced. Um, it's been... By all, by all counts, it's been making very good progress since it got rebooted. It's just COVID mostly that extended it mm. further. Um, then that they, you know, they didn't, they really didn't want to be preemptive with it twice, like how that they announced it like right when it started development the first time. Right. <laughs> yeah, that they they learned that that lesson already. Um, but no, by from from what I've heard, Prime Four is going okay and. Once they have that re-release of of the original Metroid Prime announced this year, there I think the the marketing of those two will be intertwined a bit. Yeah, the two other ones I had, um, Marvel XCOM. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns. Midnight yeah, Suns. I don't know. The name That's, is kind of. <laughs> well, it's well, it, it, that that was a real group. Yeah. <laughs> Midnight yeah. Suns with the No was a '90s team, and then they changed it to a U to make it gender neutral. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it's. I, I I hope it's good. I mean, I for I'm interested. I'm yeah. definitely intrigued in it. It's weird that it's car, it's so card based, but it's yeah, the fact that's what that I would has, say too. But the fact that it also has like social link stuff, <laughs> like so it's it's, it's gonna be like or... it's gonna be like tactical RPG Persona, but with Marvel characters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pretty much. Guess, okay, so yeah. I guess that makes it Fire Emblem. Yeah. No, it's very, <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 just very, Marvel Fire Emblem. All right. <laughs> It's I'm very, full. it's very fire emblem, fire emblemy, just with cards instead of you know the uh, physical models on the battlefield so much. Um, but uh, but yeah, it it it, def- it definitely looks interesting. It's a, I mean, if you're a Marvel nerd at all, it's a cool, unique lineup. Like yeah, there's like sorry. Iron Man and Wolf. Like, there's Iron Man. What are you saying? Good. Yeah, go ahead, Luther. I didn't say anything. Oh, oh, sorry. 
My bad. <laughs> no worries. Uh, I thought I heard something. Um, oh, I did want to mention in the tactical RPG space, Mario Rabbit mm. Sparks of Hope. That's yeah. Happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about Sparks of Hope, but I heard I just a couple of days ago I heard some bad news about it. <laughs> I I should I talk about this? <laughs> sure. I I know this is annoying. I'm sorry. I don't like. I try not to be an asshole about this kind of stuff, but I, but it, it genuinely interests me and I think it interests people to hear about it. So that's why yeah, I talk true. about it. Okay. Yeah. I, I've been told that rabbits has been delayed out of 2022. Okay. I can yeah, live I've, with that. I've, I've been told that it's been having very serious development issues. Yeah. I mean, this it's seems a... like, and maybe, maybe, you know, I'm under Monday morning quarterbacking mm. this, but it seems like moving from that, really the, the grid-based movement that really regulated movement to the radial model they use in XCOM and other yeah, the, tactical RPGs. Yeah, the more the more the more free roam movement was definitely a big a big leap that I I, I wouldn't be surprised to see if they they've yeah they faced some challenges on refining that. I'm I'm pro it. I didn't like the grid system that much, but um but yeah. Yeah I think um yeah, the, the I, last I, I, as long as they have the time they need to to work on you know the ambitions they have, then that's then good. More power to them. But I mean, I'm not buying the game new anyway. So, Kappa, what were you saying? I think that the last one had a lot, like basically created uh, an expectation for the second one. Weirdly, right? Like I think yeah. the first one was a labor of love. It, no totally. one had any yeah. expectations for the first. No one, right. no one had any expe- expectations for it, and then it became critically acclaimed and, and a cult classic and all these things. Um, yeah, it's I mean, it's it, a lot of expectations they have to deal with. It was great. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it is it is really good. I think it's I think its difficulty curve is a little steep, and I'd like to see them address that. But but yeah. I'm I'm very interested in it because I mean the galaxy aesthetic is so gorgeous that that'll that would be enough on its own. Just yeah, doing that's Mario Galaxy focused would be enough for me. <laughs> um, the last one I had was Saints Row. Um, mm. it's. I don't know how well Saints Row does when it doesn't really have a GTA to bounce off of. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's true. It's been so long since we've had a GTA now, um, yeah. and five almost feels like a like a parody of a parody. And I know Saints Row takes everything up to the tenth level, but it looks like they're trying to kind of soft reboot the, this one. They're they're, de- they're definitely reeling it back in. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's there's a lot I'm, of potential for Sancho to stick a big old shoe in the door where GTA, I guess, doesn't care to because they're so in love with GTA Online. GTA Online. Yeah, no, I, I'm cautiously optimistic about the Saints Row reboot. I just don't think... I think I'm past wanting to play Saints Row, but I I want to, I want that game to be as good as it can. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I don't root for things that fail, generally. Um Unless but, they're uh, crypto games, those can all fit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh of course. Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'll, I'll throw Later. in a couple of indie mentions that I'm interested in. Uh, Harold Halibut, which is like this claymation sci-fi adventure game. That looks like it's up my alley. Um, she Dreams Elsewhere. Oh, yeah. One that one looks great. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like, uh, I guess the best comparison I could make is horror undertale maybe psychological yeah. horror undertale but yeah. which i guess also fits omori but this yeah. is a little bit different um yeah. 
then after Love EP, I'm really excited to play like a narrative indie game from Indonesia, which I've never done before. Totally. So totally. for that. Yeah. Uh, Neon White. And that basically looks like, I guess it's Cloud Built meets Paradise Killer, which is a very I, weird thing to say. I, I don't get Neon White at all. Um, I can't believe it's the Donut County guy. It's it, like every part of it is so weird. Um, it doesn't seem like my kind of gameplay, but I, I'm rooting for it. It's <laughs> so, I loved Donut. It's I did so love bizarre, Donut I just hope it works. So, yeah, same. Oh, yeah, yeah it I, also I has want, like a card I, battle system in a la Chain of yeah. Memories. Like it's four different things mashed into one. Let's see what happens. Yeah. It, might, yeah. I want, it might be bad. I want, I want weird things to succeed both creatively and otherwise. So, so yeah, more, more power to you, Ben Esposito. Uh, yeah. All right. Anything else you want to mention? I think that was it for me. I don't know. It's a, it's a solid list. Um, varied. Yeah. I, I guess uh, one thing. I, I, I'm not like looking forward to it, but it's something that I've been keeping an eye on is uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That, like, That's... kind of, it, it had an early access come out, but it's not not fully released yet. Yeah. I think. Is it story and... complete or how does that work? No, apparently, like, they're. They're saying that they're making a bunch of changes, and like your your save won't necessarily carry over from the early access to the to the final product. Um, but that's as far as I know for that. Um, from from the couple of articles I read on it, like it seems like flawed but good. Is is the the like I don't know. It's it's more tepid than I was hoping it would be because Baldur's Gate's a fun series for me. Um, and it's been how how many years since Baldur's Gate two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baldur's Gate coming back is cool, but I have mixed feelings about how it's played out. Yeah, <laughs> I love the I'll studio say. doing it. It's just there, there's been like revolution after revolution in the past, even like five years when it comes to that space. That like I think mm-hmm. you've either like ground down the people who are gonna really be into it or you like i don't know how many new people are getting excited for those types of games like people who didn't go through the first five six seven whatever games so i don't know um i love them i'll definitely play it i'm going to be excited for it but i just have i don't have a good feel on where it's going to go a lot of what made their other games successful is the kind of the humor you know and Baldur's gate (laughs) always feels a little I don't know, over the top D and D, you know, like <laughs> yeah. very mired in super seriousness. So, um, yeah, I, it, it's hard because like so many of these games, I feel like like any one of them could be delayed to next year. I don't think like I've got a good feel on even what's coming out this year. So, I try not to get my hopes up too much because <laughs> <you know>, <laughs> everything seems like it's one you know report away from being delayed. And we go, yeah, it makes sense. Whatever. See you next yeah. year. Yeah. 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 I th- I think this will be a, I th- I think this year will be a little better on that front. Just just as a vague bit of optimism, Topper. Uh, I I know I literally just said it <laughs> that uh, <laughs> a, a Nintendo exclusive game is getting delayed, but <laughs> I mean, be hard for it delayed. To be worse. A Nintendo exclusive <laughs> game has come out in five days. Pokemon Legends Arceus. Hell yeah! The, I I was moderately interested in that game, and then everything that that leaked about it made me so much more interested in it. <laughs> Because that's that's really interesting that people are so much more enthusiastic about the leaks than what they've actually shown off. Because yeah, that I, like thirteen I, minute gameplay video looked dire. 
<laughs> so. I think I think Game Freak has been very conservative with their marketing campaigns recently, and I don't think that's inherently a bad thing, but it but it often means like hiding the most exciting stuff, the most interesting stuff. Um, granted, yeah, in this case, I, mo- I I skipped a lot of the marketing, so I could I didn't watch that. 13 minute video i was like well I'll, i'm probably buying this at launch so makes sense <laughs> so i don't need to watch it um but yeah all right I was just hoping just in general just to get like i know it's been a crazy year obviously for everyone but mm-hmm. i'm just hoping to get more like a good feel of like like it sounds weird to like crave the marketing cycle but it feels like it's been like in such a crazy state lately you know where i don't get a good feel for like what's coming out when even so like if you get excited or you know okay i'm gonna save up i'm gonna purchase this or whatever like i I don't know are you hoping for a like demos are failing on the e3 stage nature's healing kind of moment yeah yeah well people being like here it comes get ready get excited and then you know they pulled out of their conference hall reservation before Omicron was even discovered. <laughs> Ether situation's way worse than I was expecting. Yeah, we, I mean, so like we don't get an E3. It feels like we even um, getting like like the the equivalent of like the Sony days, the Microsoft days. Mm-hmm. Those have been getting canceled. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. I like the directs. <laughs> I, I like. I, I mean. I think Microsoft and Sony have gotten better at it. Initially, they were yeah, bad yeah, at absolutely. it. absolutely. And now um, they're much better at it. So if we're getting direct shows now instead of stage shows, I mean, I'm going to miss some of that pomp and pageantry because it's funny to me. Yeah. And I laugh when it fails. But and it, it kind of is honestly uh, convenient as someone who doesn't have, like, uh, an ear to the door of the industry to just have one like weekend where people are like, okay, this is all the stuff that got announced. Yeah, um, absolutely. Instead of like spread out over months there's where a, I can miss a bunch of stuff yeah, and there's like, a, oh, they they said that. There's a great service for that uh, where you can have all all of your relevant game news compiled in one easy place called Game News Roundup, published every every at the start of the month. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the Avocado Games cast. <laughs> We're not a source for anything. We've told so many lies here. Most unintentional. Some on purpose. Like, you know, little lies like Randy Pitchford is our best friend. Things like that. Friend of the show. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's been a great roundup of predictions and stuff that's coming uh, up in 2022. So if you'd like to keep up to date with us, you know where to find us. We have a website, avocadogamescast.wordpress.com. Every episode's there. There's a link dump. There are fact checks. There are links to cool things that you can read about. There's uh, funny images that I make using screenshots for all of the episodes. <laughs> uh, I made them all in Paint 3D and MS Paint. So, yeah. Uh, you so you upgraded to Windows 11 yet? No, not yet. Uh, I'm probably going to do that they... on my laptop. Wait, did they make Paint 3D yes, better? They, they made they made both paints better, actually. Oh. I'm actually psyched for this now. I might... <laughs> Finally, I can make better images. Uh, this is the actual biggest development of this recording. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This is my game of the year right here. Um, you can also subscribe to us. Windows on... 11. 
Windows 11 Game of the Year. <laughs> right now, my Game of the Year is Wordle. <laughs> Uh, you can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Just search for Avocado Gamescast and make sure you check out the Avocado, the community that spawned this wonderful discussion that we're having right now at the-avocado.org. If you actually type out the word hyphen, God help you. I mean, you're adorable, but God help you. Um, that's, that's good to be back. Yeah, it is Sorry. great to, to do this again in like a, a bigger forum than what we've been doing before which was like just the two of us just the two of us we, we can, can make, make it if we try <laughs> i don't remember the the tune of that song i apologize to... in the sky. <laughs> who's saying that and whom do i have to apologize to <laughs> don't remember uh, so so simply apologize to the world <laughs> music in general yeah. Um, I'm not bad at singing. It's a remix. Yeah. <laughs> it's a version you never heard. I think I have to apologize to Bill Withers and Grover Washington Jr. Yep. <laughs> okay. We'll we'll look up exactly whom I have to apologize to for the link dump. It'll be in the link yeah, dump. Check the link dump. <laughs> thank you for, for being here, and thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>